Our guest today, Natsuya Lipschitz, says that when you're leading across cultures, it takes more than simply learning cultural protocols to build trusting, highly productive teams. What's the secret? Join us for episode 211 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris, and welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everyone. We're, we're so glad you joined us. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas to help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and their companies, of course, to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. You know, Pam, no matter what's happening in the world, so many companies of all sizes depend upon effectively working across national boundaries. There's import, export, international divisions, partnerships, so many, many relationships. Yes. And yet we tend to take them for granted. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking about this morning, I had waffles on a waffle maker that was had instructions in three different languages, blueberries from New Jersey, coffee from Tanzania. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a global uh, world just to it eat breakfast. It is a global world. That's true. And all of these things that you talked about, they require business relationships. Mm -hmm. And yet, leading across cultures, across different international boundaries, that can be pretty challenging and more than just simply learning cultural protocols. Exactly. That's why we're speaking today with Natsuya Lipschitz. She's widely recognized as a leading strategist for elevating global leadership and cross-cultural communications. She's also a TEDx speaker and five-time Toastmasters International Speech Contest winner. She's also author of the Amazon best-selling book, The Success Blueprint. Now, Natsuya is managing principal of her strategy consulting firm, Aspire Intelligence. She's also an executive consultant for Breakthrough Speaking, which is a global public speaking consultancy. In addition, she serves as the first Asian board director at the National Speakers Association New York City chapter. You can read much more about Natsuya's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 211, and scrolling down to her bio. Natsuya, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Hi, Pam and Scott. It's so delighted to be here. And we're glad to have you. So before we do this, let's start out with a little bit about you. What was the major influence that led you to your own business focus? So I was born and raised in Japan, and I came to the U.S. kind of accidentally. In early 1995, when I was a senior in college, I was introduced to the CEO of a large global company based in New York. And he was visiting Japan for business, and he invited me for breakfast. And we talked about my college, my one-year exchange student, student experience in St. Louis, my love for dancing and musical theaters. And at the end of our one-hour breakfast, he asked me, so where do you want to be when you graduate? 
I didn't know where I wanted to be, but I casually said, well, Mr. Chang, you're in New York, so New York. And then he said, okay, then come work for my company. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about networking. I know. And I had no idea that was that it was a, a job interview. <laughs> and I had no plan as to how long I was going to stay in New York. And I definitely didn't imagine that I would immigrate to this country. So it was kind of accidental that I was not prepared to make a transition across the ocean. Now, fast forward 27 years, I'm now a cross-cultural communication strategist and professional speaker. And my own personal cross-cultural journey, especially a lot of mistakes I made, was a major influence that led me to help global companies to succeed cross-culturally and to help global leaders to communicate effectively beyond differences. So it was a learning curve, Natsuyo, yes? Oh, definitely. Wow. So, Natsuyo, you say you've, you've had mistakes and, and missteps. We all do. What's the biggest challenge that other people, leaders especially, have when they are trying to lead across company cultures? The number one challenge that stands between you and your culturally diverse counterpart is common sense. We, we all have common sense, right? And especially as we grow up, we build up our own layers of assumptions. And your values might be influenced by your family, your friends, colleagues, or society you live in, or even the company you work for. And you start to look at things or at your world as if you're wearing multiple layers of glasses on top of each other, but you don't know you're wearing them. And that becomes your common sense. In a cross-cultural situation, just because the same language is spoken doesn't mean that your message is clearly heard and your common sense may not be so common. And we need to remove these layers of common sense, assumptions, unwritten rules, our ways of how things are done and start communicating effectively beyond our differences. Is there a quick example or a story you might uh, share with us because it's it sounds like you've had a lot of real experiences with this. Yes, actually, it's uh, I, I have a lot of, like I said, I, I have a lot of mistakes and a lot of stories to tell. But my one of my biggest mistakes was with a Japanese person. You may be surprised, but cross-cultural mistakes could happen between uh, Japanese and Japanese or American and American. So let me take you back to 2005, soon after I started my own strategy consulting firm in New York. I was hired by Mr. K, a 65-year-old retired government official who's now the chairman of this four-century-old Japanese company. And Mr. K had his strategy all laid out, but he wanted to make sure that his strategy is going to work in the U.S. So one day he called me over and he said to me, you're hired. Short and simple. <laughs> okay. And by that time, I had been in the U.S. for 10 years already. I became American enough to understand how things work over here, yet Japanese enough to understand how things work over there. Little did I know that I still needed to learn how to bridge our differences, even between a Japanese and Japanese. Now, as soon as Mr. K hired me, I conducted an extensive research and analysis, as I always do as a strategy consultant. Then I said to myself, uh-oh, his strategy is not going to work. And I have to tell him that 
Well, if I explain the new strategy in details, he'll understand. No problem. Problem. Yeah. Oh, uh oh. What happened? So I put together a very detailed presentation explaining why his strategy is not going to work and why mine would. <laughs> it was very logical and no room for argument. And I was so confident that Mr. K would say, Thank God I hired you. <laughs> uh, somehow I think it's going to turn out differently. So go on. Really? <laughs> I had no idea. I was really, really confident. So I, I attached my masterpiece presentation in email, put Mr. K in the recipient's field, and CC'd everybody. Now, next day, I received the shortest email from Mr. K. Just two words. Call me. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to hear that. Well, uh, the two words I said to myself was, oh, yeah, he loves my presentation. So I called him right away. Then he gave me another two words. Come today. Uh huh. And I'm thinking, hmm, interesting. Now, you, if you came with me later that day, you would have... You, you, you would have seen Mr. K sitting in a big burgundy leather chair uh -huh. behind his antique desk, and his voice cuts through the air. Who do you think you are? Uh-oh. And I said, I'm your consultant. You hired me. Who do you think you are? Uh-oh. In my head. <laughs> ah, okay. Just in my head. And instead I said, well, it seems like you need more clarification. Let me explain. According to my research, and then he gave me two more words that I never forget. You're fired. Ooh. So in just a few months, I went from you're hired to you're fired. So you may be wondering what happened, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Looking back to, to this incident 17 years later, I can now decode it because I discovered what I call the three A's, the three-step process of effective cross-cultural communication. So let me explain. So going back, Mr. K kept giving me two words, right? You're hired, call me, come today, you're fired. And these are what I heard, but it was only the tip of the iceberg. And I was completely misconstrued what I thought. Why? Because I didn't understand there was more hiding below the tip of the iceberg. So what was hiding? What was his why? Okay, I'm going to do something here and we're going to put dramatic tension into this because we need to take a quick break. But hold on to this. Natsuya is going to share more about the three A's. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. And as always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. We're excited that Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper has been selected as a top podcast in the business, marketing, and tech category of the 2022 PopCon Podcast Awards. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, you can let others know too. Just open Growth Igniters Radio on whatever podcast app you use and write a review. 
And to access our full catalog of over 200 podcast episodes, go to growthignitersradio.com. And to learn more about us, go to businessadvance.com about us. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with professional speaker and cross-cultural strategist Natsuya Lipschitz about leading across cultures. Natsuya, tell us how people can find out more about you, your work, and your book. Yes, I have a website, www.natsuyalipschitz.us, or you can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. And you can also find out more by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 211, and scroll down under resources, and we will have some links. So when we last left off in the first segment, you were about to tell us what the three A's were and the secret of leading across cultures. Yes. So I mentioned what I heard and saw was only the tip of the iceberg. And what I didn't know was there was more hiding under the surface. So what was hiding and what was Mr. K's why? That's where we are left off. So Mr. K was probably thinking, you're hired because I need you to reassure to my team that my strategy is correct. And call me and come today because we need to talk privately about what you did wrong. And you're fired. Um, I got that one. <laughs> But he was probably thinking, you embarrass me in front of my team. You don't know your place. You're disrespectful. You're fired. That's the why. The rest of the iceberg I did not acknowledge. It's interesting how often these misunderstandings come up. You know, your story, so compelling. And we don't know that we're just wandering into something like this. How do we actually avoid misunderstandings? Because we don't want them. You don't want We them. have the best of intentions. Especially in a cross-cultural situation, it's important to know that we always face differences in values, opinions, or communication styles. And yet we often, often apply our own familiar why to judge what we see or hear. But this would cause a huge misunderstanding, mistrust, and miscommunication, just like I... Uh, shared my my own experience. So the first step of the three A's is, this is the, probably the most challenging part, is to acknowledge that their why may be different than yours. And it sounds simple, but because of the all these layers of lenses, it's so easy for us to think, oh, this person should be thinking this way. That's wrong. That's not right. That's not the way I do it. So acknowledging that, oh, this person thinks this way, that's different than mine. Just leave it like that. So that's that's the biggest challenge. So it, this brings to mind something that happened to us, actually. We were working with a, a an international client, and uh, one of the team leaders that we were talking to uh, we'd suggested a, a um, meeting, and he said, oh, that might be 
difficult. Mm. Yeah, what we didn't understand was he meant no way. That's right. We're thinking difficult. We can make it easy for you. you know? And it was not what he was saying uh, at and, all. And so different cultural norms, different ways of expressing things. And we managed to untangle that, but uh, it could have gone much worse. Yeah, well, that that's difficult. Um, example happen, always happens between Japanese and non-Japanese companies, actually, especially Western companies. We Japanese often say that's difficult to be to be nice and polite and not disturb the harmony of the group. But it actually means so what's what's hiding under that iceberg is. Well, it's difficult for us to do, but I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to offend you. And I want, uh, I, I want to maintain the harmony in this group. So I'm saying this in a, I'm saying no in a very indirect way, but it means no. So please understand. So that's, that's what's hiding under the surface. And yet the whole thing with cultural protocols, you know, there are plenty of books out there, courses, you could go online, I'm sure. And they wouldn't talk about this kind of thing, the kinds of things that that you're talking about, would they? Right, they don't. And what is it, uh, you know, why do they not do this? It sounds like what you're talking about is so much beyond what the typical cultural protocols are. In a nutshell, the effective cross-cultural communication skill requires adapting into different style. But in, in books and blogs and articles, they may share their version of best practices. But at the end of the day, everyone is different. Everyone is uniquely different. So there is no cookie cutter approach. That's what makes cross-cultural communications challenging. But if you follow the three A's, there is a a point of reference as to how you can go about effective cross-cultural communication. So you get better and better every time you use the three A's. You, you mentioned the three A's. What is it behind these that unlocks the secret of discovering these hidden differences that you're talking about so you can do better at creating that connection, that trust? It's about the three A's allow you to really refine your an- analytical skills and adapting ability. So Natsuyo, you've talked about the three A's. You started with acknowledging because acknowledging clearly is something that is hard for people to do. Uh, You were sharing your story. Well, why would I think that? You know, why would he think that? But let's talk about analyze. Yeah, so after you acknowledge, the second step is analyze. And according to an American anthropologist, Edward Hall, our communication styles are categorized into two types, high context and low context. And understanding and analyzing where you are and where they are will immensely help you to the third step, adapt. So let me explain briefly about high context and low context. In a high context culture, they rely on context. And it's not necessary or even inappropriate to spell everything out too explicitly. In a low context culture, they rely on verbal messages. There is no room for inferences. They are more explicit, logical, and direct. And remember, Mr. K kept giving me two words. So his communication style heavily relies on context, which makes him very high context. There was huge room for interpretation. But if you share the same context, high context communication would work quite efficiently 
because you don't have to say much, they'll understand you. Ah, it's that shared background and body language and all that stuff, right? Right. But I used my own assumptions, wrong ones, and thought he couldn't wait to hear more, more about my strategy. So what does that make me? Low context. Okay. I took his words at the face value and I communicated my strategy in such details against Mr. Kate's plan, even though it was very logical. Well, I spelled everything out clearly and logically and explicitly. On top of that. And publicly. Yes, publicly. Yeah, I cc'd everybody to be super transparent. And I treated everyone equally. No hierarchy. Everyone gets the same information. So that's very low context. Okay. So this brings to mind that see, something so much communication nowadays is done uh, through Slack or text or email. If you're working across cultural boundaries, that might be a real minefield because you strip out so much of the other context. Would you say that's right? Yes, I agree with that. So what do you do about that? Well, those messages or written messages, emails or texting or uh, even social media, they tend to be very low context. You get to the point, right? But there is a way to get connection with the other party in emails or in writing by maybe simply including some greetings um, at the beginning or mentioning something personal and, oh, well, how, how was your weekend? Oh, I, I did this and that. And that may break the ice a little bit. So you don't have to go lengthy about it. And so much of global business, of course, is not happening in real time. If you're leading, yeah. uh, often it's uh, hours and hours apart. And uh, sometimes it's fortunate when you can actually connect in person. You have that ability. You know, we're talking about establishing trust. But these are just some of the things to keep in mind, yes? Yes. And we were talking about global business here, but... This is one thing I, I really want to emphasize because I often hear many people say, well, my company isn't that global. My business doesn't deal with overseas. So cross-cultural communication doesn't really apply to me. But cross-cultural difference is not just about country and country difference, right? A huge communication mistake happened between me and Mr. K. We're both Japanese. So like I said earlier, at the end of the day, we all have different values, opinions, or communication styles, and we form our own unique culture. So the secret then really to discovering the hidden cultural differences so you can create deeper trust and connection is, drumroll. That is the final A, adapt. So once again, whether you're dealing with global counterpart, or maybe someone across the, your, your, your desk or different departments, different companies in a domestic business, you need to be able to first acknowledge the difference and analyze where the difference is and how big. And when you analyze the communication gap, the final A is adapt. Now, depending on the situation, whether you are speaking one-on-one or presenting to a culturally diverse audience or facilitating discussions in a diverse group, there are different techniques. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is talk about that in the next segment. And right now we're going to take a quick break. 
And then when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with professional speaker and cross-cultural strategist Natsuya Lipschitz about immediately useful ideas for adapting your communication to lead across cultures. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing growth. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The visionary leaders I call growth igniters, the ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again, what's their secret? They're able to embrace the leadership paradoxes that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, How Growth Igniters Lead for Tomorrow, starting today. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership event. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with professional speaker and cross-cultural strategist Natsuya Lipschitz about leading to connect across cultures. Natsuya, remind us how people can find out more about you, your work, and your book. You can find me on my website, www.natsuyalipschitz.us, and you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram, and also my ebook called That Six Seeds of Effective Storytelling in Business will be released on Scribed, that's S-C-R-I-B-D dot com, on July 12th. Okay, and you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 211, and scrolling down to resources. So we're at the part of the podcast where we talk about the immediately useful practical ideas. And in this case, it is for leading to connect across cultures. And in the last segment, Natsuyo, you were going to tell us a little bit about adapting. So let's talk about adapting. Let's start out and we'll talk about this one at a time, these ideas, but an immediately useful idea for deciding what to adapt in your communication without sacrificing your own values and beliefs. This is hard, I think. First and foremost, ask good questions. So good questions uncover what's hiding under the tip of the iceberg. And people are more willing to answer good questions. Uh, these questions encourage the other person to think deeper, dig deeper into themselves, look for answers within, and volunteer the information. So good questions bring out not just hidden information, but quality information. And that helps you to determine what to adapt in your communication without sacrificing your values and beliefs and your relationship and group harmony. So let's take a concrete example. 
if you could go back and relive that experience with Mr. K, what would be a good question? Yeah, well, first of all, we want to consider high context, low context, and adapt the way you ask good questions. So Mr. K was very high context, and I was very low context, right? So if I were to ask a good question to Mr. K, I would adapt my good question in a very high context way. So I'm more implicit and group focused. So for example, um, I could say something like, Mr. K, your strategy is very effective in Japan. I wonder what bottlenecks we might have to overcome in the US. What expertise can we learn from you? So this way, Mr. K would have felt well-respected and gained a new perspective because he was thinking success, not bottlenecks. And with this adapted good question, Mr. K is now encouraged to shift his thoughts, think deeper into himself, look for answers within, and volunteer uh, information as if a new idea just came up in his head on his own. But you actually influence him with your good questioning technique. Okay. And of course, I can imagine that even if the very first thing he said, you're hired, what kind of question could you have asked that would made it, have made it easier for you to give him more of what he really wanted? Yeah, I, I could have asked a question like, so what's, what's, your, what's your goal through this project and what's your scope? What does success look like? Yes, yes, exactly. So all these questions, I mean, I, I'm saying good questions. And some people, a, a lot of people say that, oh, there's no stupid questions, right? Maybe there's no stupid questions, but there are bad questions, light questions, heavy questions, and good questions. So what's an immediately useful idea to keep in mind when you are adapting uh, speeches? Because we talk to people or different stakeholders in all sorts of situations. You're not necessarily interacting directly with them, but you're giving a speech. How do you adapt that communication so you can get a better cross-cultural connection? focus on what I call one big message. So I, I used to think that a great communicator is a content-rich speaker, but too much content will only confuse them, especially if you are speaking to a culturally diverse audience, they may need more time to digest your messages, right? And what's important to realize about effective cross-cultural communications when presenting or, or speaking is that less is more. And just because you know more doesn't mean you have to show more all at once. So no matter what kind of presentation or speech, there is always one important point that you want your audience to take away. And that's your one big message. And the key to find your one big message is to first find a point of contact between your own perspective and their perspective. And when that point of contact is found, we can adapt our message by narrowing down on the key information, scraping off what doesn't resonate with them, then zero in on the message concisely to 10 words or less. Again, less is more. So that's one big message. Okay, so it really comes down to you cannot have the speech that you give across the company for Across the purpose. <laughs> the purpose, you have to make sure. Well, it's a good idea to make sure that you are adapting that. Right. And what message is really important for them 
the listeners to take away. It's not about what you want to say, but of course you have to find, like I said, uh, the point of contact between your message and their message. And when you find that point of contact, that becomes a really strong one big message. Very helpful. The third immediately useful idea here, something having to do with connecting with partners who can help you bridge the cultural gap. If somebody is looking for a partner to help them through this, what is the most important characteristic of that partner? Is it that they're super skilled in the culture, the exact culture, or is it more about the process? It's more about the process. You can't fully understand a different culture, right? It's like the mastering that language. Well, as you can hear, English is not my uh, native tongue, but I can still communicate my message clearly enough with simple terms, right? So simple vocabulary. So it's not about the full understanding of the language or the culture, but you, you need to understand your why and what is it that's driving you to do a certain things or to say certain things, uh, your reason for being and why anyone should even care about what you have to say. And you may be a natural storyteller, but the ability to capture people's hearts through storytelling and get them to listen, take action, buy from you or buy into you requires skill, uh, creativity and strategy. And you, you also don't have to be a superhero to deliver powerful stories, but you do need the right tools and processes. Uh -huh. Okay, well, you've given us a lot to think about. And so yeah, here we are at the end of the episode. Can you leave us with some final thoughts on the secret of leading to connect across cultures? Yes, I would like to invite all of you to challenge yourself. So next time you experience a communication gap, instead of judging from your own layers of common sense, try to remove your lenses and be a little more curious curious to learn more about that person, curious to see what's in that gap, like a treasure hunt, and curious to find out how you can influence others if you learn to acknowledge the iceberg, analyze the communication gap, and adapt your approach. And when you implement the three A's, you will be surprised to find the fourth A. That is amazing. Okay. Well, Natsuyu, thank you so much for being our guest on Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks, Natsuyo. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 211. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider and discuss with your team. What can we do both as individuals and as a team to lead in a way that actually more effectively connects across cultures to create more trusting relationships with all of our stakeholders. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated intended for the private use of our audience. 
except as otherwise provided by copyright law. All other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.